what matters most? What, what matters most to you? Even as you think about life right now, what comes to mind? As we wrap up our series called Unstuck, we're going to finish with this message, what matters most? Because situations clarify that question for us, don't they? Hospital rooms clarify the question, what matters most? Weddings clarify the question, what matters most? Fire alarms clarify the question, what matters most? I, I remember I was in a hotel room a couple months ago. It was, it was winter time, so it's freezing cold outside. And in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., fire alarm in the hotel goes off. I mean, right? I mean, that's like not a happy moment for all of us if you've ever been there. And so I remember walking, you know, getting up because you have to get up like legally. So like you get up and you walk through the, you know, down the stairs and in the lobby. And I'm just kind of watching people file out of this hotel room. And as I'm standing in the parking lot, I just, I just like took this, this picture in as I saw, you know, moms holding on to their little babies. I saw dads, you know, holding on to their, their kids. I, I saw, you know, just people from a variety of different, you know, places of a variety of different phases of life, just, just looking even at the hotel and, and realizing this, this like crucial moment, what matters most? I mean, the reality is in the midst of COVID-19, one of my friends had just gone to get tested. It leads us to that point of what matters most. Martin Luther King had been nearly fatally stabbed when he was in New York City at one point. And x-rays revealed that the knife blade was lodged so close to his aorta that if he had sneezed, he would have died. Can you imagine that? So King received letters of comfort and encouragement from around the world, but, but the one from this young girl touched him deeply. This is what the letter said. In the letter, the little girl wrote, Dear Dr. King, while it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I read in the paper of your misfortune and of your suffering, and I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died. And I'm simply writing to say that I'm so happy that you didn't sneeze. It's those what, what matters most moments. Dr. King used that letter from this little girl to continue a list that he wrote down of many reasons why he was glad he had not sneezed. And, and out of this letter, out of this list of, of things came the, the speech that's, that's called, I've been to the mountaintop. And he said that he may not enter into the promised land of racial unity, but that we would get there at some point. And Dr. King was content in the presence of God. What matters most? We need these clarifying moments sometimes in life to, to get us to, to this point to say, what is my primary purpose? If, if all else you know, flutters away, if all else like, goes away in the distance, what, what matters most? And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 34, pull them off the bookshelf, get them off the, the, you know, the, 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 the coffee table that's in front of you. 
uh, as we enter into Deuteronomy chapter 34. And as I said, this is the last week in our whole sermon series called Unstuck. We, we've been talking about why we get stuck. We've been talking about how we get stuck. We've been talking about excuses of why we remain stuck. We, we've, been, we've been talking even last week how we need to put a stake in the ground at some points in our life to make sure that we remain unstuck. And, and I hope that you remember this through this whole journey that we've been on. That the journey of getting unstuck, it starts with a relationship. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this, this morning or this evening or whenever you're watching this, this is what we're going to see. Is we're going to come full circle. We started that the journey starts with a relationship. And let me tell you something. What matters most is our relationship with God. Relationship with God is what matters most. Knowing God, knowing how much He loves us, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live, to die on a cross, to be raised from the grave, to prove that He is the only way and the truth and the life. Knowing God is what matters most. Deuteronomy chapter 34, let me start reading at verse one, this is the end of the life of Moses. Let's read this. So then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is up opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negev and the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. So you can just imagine Moses on this mountain, this mountaintop. On Mount Nebo is, is the highest summit in the northern Aram Mountains. It's on the eastern side of the Dead Sea overlooking the plains of Moab. And he could see all of the promised land, the land that God was going to bring him, right? The land that God was going to bring the nation, the land that God has promised, right? The nation of Israel. And Mount Nebo is about 2,600 feet above sea level. And we don't know how long, right, the journey would have taken Moses, you know, to get to this place, but at least, at least a day. And, and Moses is, is sitting there and he's overlooking the promised land. I mean, picture that. Think about what that would be like for Moses, to look into the land for the last 40 years. He's been, he's been wanting to lead the nation of Israel to. And, and the promised land would be the last thing that Moses would see. I mean, the, the final moments in the life of Moses is what we're going to experience this morning. Can you imagine what that was like? And, and think about this moment, right? It wasn't about Moses as a, as a kid and growing up in a palace. It was no longer about how Moses had grown up and, you know, as part of Pharaoh's family and, and then wanted to free, you know, the Israelites and ended up killing a soldier, right? It wasn't about that. It wasn't, it wasn't about Moses, you know, fleeing, you know, e Egypt and finding his wife, Zipporah, and being a shepherd for the next 40 years. It, it, 
it wasn't about all that in this moment, in this final moment. It wasn't even about the, the burning bush and, and the call of God. It wasn't about, you know, uh, the, the Red Sea and, and, and seeing the division of the Red Sea happen. It wasn't about all the miracles. And think of all the miracles that Moses had experienced. It, it wasn't even about all those things. It wasn't about anything that Moses had done. It wasn't about any other. It was about his relationship with God right here. I mean, that's what matters most. It's what matters most in those moments. Relationship with God is what matters most. I was driving to Florida, so I don't know, a couple years ago. Just terrible time frames and all those kind of things. Anyway, I was driving with my family, and uh, we were going from Chicago uh, down to Daytona. So it's about a 20 to 22 hour, you know, trip. And, and so we stopped halfway and we stopped at this hotel and I have three kids. And so all five of us, right, to save money, we're in this one hotel room. And, uh, and at this point, right, my kids are older. And so they're, they, they, they're just, you know, taller and, and they take up space. And we're in this small hotel room. And I had, I had driven that whole day and, uh, I was feeling a little, you know, uh, kind of like headache-ish, you know, when I went to bed. And, and, and I uh, naturally uh, just give off a lot of heat, you could say, like I'm a little furnace. And so here we are in this hotel room, all five of us. Uh, you know, the kids were a little cold or something like that. So, so the heat was like the temperature in the room was just like stifling. And, and, and you know, we're, we're sleeping. Like at some point early in the morning, like I wanted to get back on the road and the hotel room was brutal. So I get up and it was one of those moments that, that I got up and my feet felt a little wobbly. And what went through my head, you know, with four others in my family was I want to get to the bathroom first anyway. Uh, so I, I, I head to the bathroom and, and, and I'm, I'm in the bathroom and all of a sudden, like my head starts spinning and, and I feel incredibly faint, like in an instant. And, and all of a sudden, right, the door is locked. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I open up the door. And before I could even like think, I fall onto like, I hit this, this, the, the side of the bed onto the floor, like, like a 200 pound man, right, hitting the floor. And, and obviously it wakes everybody up, right? Here is that moment. What just happened to dad? Right? What's going on? So my kids are like, dad, dad, I'm not responding because I'm, I'm in a sweet little dreamland. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've fainted. My wife is like, Ron, Ron, right? It's, it's the moment. And so they called 911 and they're trying to wake me up out of this, out of this fainting thing. And, and, and sure enough, I, I wake up. I don't remember all the dynamics, but I remember soon, you know, the, like the ambulance was there and people were kind of like, you know, working on me and, and all those kind of things. And, 
put me back to like into bed and they were like, you got to get to the hospital. And, and I'm like, no, I got to get to Daytona. You know, it was like that moment as a dad. And they're like, no, like we just had this moment. We got in. And I was like, no, we really just have to keep going on the trip. We got to get to Florida. Uh, and, and so I won that argument. Uh, we, we just continued on to Florida. My kids and wife packed the car. Uh, my wife, I think, drove the rest of the way to Florida. And, and, and all I remember is just kind of reflecting right on that. Even, even now I reflect on in that moment, right, what matters most? How would you answer that question? I mean, what, what matters most is my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's not about getting unstuck. It's not about being stuck. It's, it's, it's not about even other relationships, although those are crucial and, and, and so important in life. And those moments, it it brings you down to that detail. What matters most? And you can hear this throughout this whole message. What matters most is your relationship with God. Where are you at? How are you doing? What's going on in your life? We're at this end in the life of Moses. At some point, we're going to face that point in our own life. What matters most? Look at verse 4. And the Lord said to him, the Lord said to Moses, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, stop the truck. I mean, think about this. For the last 40 years, Moses has been all about, right, freeing the nation of Israel. The promised land is head, getting into the promised land. And now in this moment, it's God and it's Moses. And God says to him, listen, this land that I promised, it's going to go to your offspring. But you're not going to walk into it. I mean, can you imagine that moment? giving 40 years of your life trying to get into, right? Trying to navigate, trying to find, trying to discover, trying to get in. And you're finally there. You're overlooking the whole promised land. You're seeing the beauty of it. You're seeing the the, the difficulties of it as well. Like you're seeing the whole thing. And in that moment, God's like, yeah, you're not going to get in. You're not going to go into the promised land, but your offspring will. I mean, that's, that's a moment. And, and what, what happened? I mean, what, what went wrong? I mean, you can see the story in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 to 13 of why Moses, right, doesn't get in, of, of, what, of, what, of what happened, what the dynamic was. If, if you look at it, you can, you can see it. I'm not going to go into all the details, but essentially, right, God said to Moses, speak to the rock and water will come forth. But Moses had been just so frustrated in that moment, so frustrated with the people that rather than speaking to the rock, he, he, he does his own thing and, and he kind of has this, right? I mean, Moses, I mean, think about this. Is, I love this about Moses, honestly, because it brings him, it brings like his humanity out. Like Moses struggled with like anger. He struggled with this frustration, right? 
I mean, think about it, right? He broke the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he had these moments with Pharaoh where he left in, in, in anger. He, he had these other moments where he was frustrated with the nation of, of Israel. So in verse 11 of Numbers chapter 20, Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff and water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But God had said to him, speak to the rock. And in Numbers chapter 20, verse 12, it says this, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you have not believed me, to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. That's the moment. Numbers chapter 20, verse 12. Now, we, we can talk a lot about this. We can try to discuss this. But what we know is that Moses disobeyed like a direct command. I mean, Moses, it was clear. The command was clear. He knew what he was supposed to do, and he, he didn't do it. And not only that, but, but if you look at some, some other texts within it, it seems that Moses had, had taken credit for bringing water from the rock by, you know, by, by having his staff you know, and, and, and striking the rock two times. So, so there, there seems to be like this moment that, that, that Moses did not treat God holy in the sight of others and the sons of, of Israel. And that's certainly another most significant thing, that in the, in the sight of others, Moses did not, did not treat God as holy as he should have. And so it came to this point where, where Moses had disobeyed, and, and, God, and, just, and God said to him, you're not going to lead him. You're not going to go in. And, and, and think about that from our perspective. Think about how, how you would feel in that moment. I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but this is, this is where I would be if I was Moses. Like, I'd be so frustrated with God at that point, I just want to walk away. I'd want to be like, God, if you're not going to give me what I want, if, if you're not going to give me what, 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 you know, like what, what I thought I was going to have, if, if you're not going to give me the future that I want, then forget you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, have you ever been there in that way? Like, like, like Moses would, would be in this place where he's just like, what in the world? I mean, that's where I would be. I, 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 you just come to this point where you'd just be so angry, right? You'd just be so frustrated about what in the world just happened in this moment. I mean, that's the way we think. We think we work, we sacrifice, we should get what we want. We should get that thing. We should get that car. We should get the, you know, whatever. We should get whatever our future is, right? We should get that. But God is is so awesome, honestly. God is so beautiful in this moment because God wants Moses to see and God wants us to see that it's, it's not about a thing in the future. It's, it's not about getting what we want. I mean, life is, is not about getting that new house or getting a car or getting the job you want or having the life insurance or whatever. Like, like, like it's not about that. God reminds Moses and he reminds us it's about what our relationship with him, that's what's most important. And in all that Moses went through, he comes to this place where he's sitting on top of this mountain and it's just him and God. And it seems to me, as we look at the text, as we look at this moment, Moses isn't angry. Moses isn't at this place of like, God, why can't I get in? Like, 
Like, I thought I was going to get in. How come I'm not getting my way? Like, like, Moses isn't there. I think Moses, in his journey with God, had comes to this sweet place that I hope all of us can get to in our, in our, in our walk of this life. That the sweetness of life is not anything that we can hold on to, but the sweetness of life comes in our relationship with him. It's not even about getting unstuck. It's not about getting everything right. It's about the sweetness of this relationship that God gives to us. It's about him. Ruth Haley Barton, in a book that she wrote entitled Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, says this. For Moses, the presence of God was the promised land. Do you hear that? For Moses, the presence of God was the promised land. Is that true of you? Is that true of me? That that the, the promised land is actually not the land. The promised land is this precious relationship that we all can have with God. And the only that we can have this incredible relationship with God is that he sent his one and only son to live this life. See, look, the reality is you and I are broken. You and I have this thing called sin. You and I have this broken relationship with God. Yet he loved us so much that he sent his precious son to live this life. And he loved you and I so much that not only did, he, not only did Jesus come to live, but he, he willingly sacrificed his life. He died on that cross. That's how precious you are to him. That he gave up his life. He died in your place so that you and I could have relationship with him. Do you see how precious it is, our relationship with God? I mean, how often we get so distracted trying to get after things, trying to get after retirement, trying to get after the new kitchen, trying to get after the new home, trying to get after this, trying to get after, trying to make the best, whatever it is, teenagers, right? Whatever you got going on, like I want like teenagers, right? All the stuff that you guys look at with Snapchat and all the Instagram, all the stuff and, and, and how life becomes all about looking like her or, or being like him or whatever it is. And, and the reality is at the end of this day, man, it's about your relationship with God and you are so precious to him that not only did Jesus live this life, not only did he die on a cross so that you and I could be in relationship with him, but he rose from the grave three days later to prove that he is the way and the truth and the life. What matters most, what matters most to God is you, is me. We are precious in his sight. He loves us. He sings over us. What matters most? What matters most? If you go a few chapters Earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 31, you see a little bit about what Moses says at the end of his life. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 7 says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And the same is true for us. Everything else 
may fade away, but our relationship with God is left. Is it precious to you? Is God just precious to you? Is he your promised land? Think about Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, 21 says this, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Is that true of you? For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Are you willing, even, even now as we, as we close up this series, we close up this, this, this message, will you just soak in the presence of God? Will you, will you just take a step back in the chaos of life and just soak in the fact that you are dearly loved the fact that if you know Jesus Christ, you are saved, you are forgiven, that you are free. Soak him in. Spend time with him. Soak God in. Look at how it ends in verses 5 to 9. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. I think there's a, I think you could think that, did God bury him? I mean, just how precious this moment is. I mean, can you just imagine this end of life moment? And it's God and Moses, and God takes care of him. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed, and his, and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. And then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. I mean, what a moment. Verse 10, we'll end with this. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all the servants and to all his land and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of, of terror that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. You see this? There's not arisen a prophet, verse 10, since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face the preciousness of relationship the preciousness that we can have in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ on Moses's tombstone what I see is one word relationship relationship with God as we think of the preciousness of life, as we think what matters most to us, what would be on your tombstone? What, would, what, what matters most? When I travel, I've been traveling more frequently over the last year, year and a half. There's something about getting on a plane that narrows the focus. There's something about getting on the plane that brings you to this place of what matters most. And every time I get on that plane, whether it's just a short hour trip or whether it's three hours or whether it's going to Kenya, Africa to see my brother or another mission trip that, that, I've, that I've gone on. Over the years, this is, this is what I do. I text my family. 
And, and I say to them, whatever happens, love God and love one another. That's what matters most. Love God and love one another. What matters most to you? What's most precious? Church, it's not about getting unstuck. It's about your relationship with God. Pursue him because he loves you dearly. Soak his presence in because what matters most is your relationship with him and nothing else. Church, I love you. Glad we've been on this journey. Looking forward to the future and all that God has for you, for Lyft, no matter where you're at. What matters most is your relationship with God. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son. And Lord God, I just pray for anyone who does not know you that right now in this moment, they will put their faith in you, that they will confess their sin to you. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for what I have done. Forgive the sins of my past. And I now believe that you have come, that you lived, that you died on that cross, that you rose three days later. I believe in you. I put my faith in you. Help me to live my life for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.